Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Tracy O'Mara. Tracy O'Mara is a clairvoyant spiritual healer. She works with the angels to shift energy and facilitate healing on physical, emotional, and spiritual levels. The information that comes to her from the angels always comes from a place of love, acceptance, and is meant to help the individual find peace and happiness in his or her life. For this reason, she is not a fortune teller. The angels will only tell her what the client needs to best experience peace, happiness, and healing. Her book, Tracy, Don't Get Your New Coat Dirty, is a collection of memoirs as an intuitive spiritual healer. Tracy shares her memories alongside the insight she was given directly by the angels and her spirit guides to navigate these experiences. In this book, Tracy shares the tools that she has developed to help others approach the events in their lives with hope, strength, and positivity in the same way she has been helped by her angelic friends. For more about Tracy, you can visit the rainbowheartlight.com website. And welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you, Whitney. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here too. Um, And you know, I'm so happy to talk with you more about the work you do and how how you help others. Um, I've been lucky enough to have the pleasure of having a session with you, thanks to my podcast producer, Karen. Um, and I've also had a chance to read your book. And your book is just a, as uplifting as the time that someone has one-on-one with you. That's, I think, what makes you so unique as a practitioner is you really do pass love and joy onto the person who has one-on-one time with you. And um, I think people really walk away believing that, you know, their life is moving in a positive direction. 
Well, thank you, my lovely. Now you just made my aunt smile because that's what it's all about. You know, that's my main goal is to lift wherever I go, you know, plant light, you know, and it's nice to have that feedback. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, now, can you tell me a little bit more about what you do? Because you've done a lot of different things throughout your career. And I, I, I'm sure you've kind of shifted as your clients needs shift. So can you tell me about like right now, what you're doing and how you support clients? Right. You know, obviously I'm doing readings, but I call them spiritual healing sessions because when I actually first started out, I was in my 20s. I was very young and very naive and I do a lot of hands on healing. I'd shift energy and I'd see these little miracles happen and they used to blow me away. I'm like, ha, huh, how can I, little Tracy, be a part of this miraculous thing? And um, my guys used to say to me, but Tracy, it's, it's this simple. Your heart's open with love and no agenda other than one to help. So that makes you a conduit for divine light to flow through. So I'm like, oh, oh, is it that simple? They said, yes, but it's not that easy to do. Because as human beings, it's like either ego or we want this. But you know, it's, it's many different things that can come in and block that light from coming through. So as the months went by, I'd be doing these wonderful little earlings, but because we're incredibly clairvoyant and clairaudience and all of it, people wanted to hear what we had to say. So not Tracy, obviously the angels and my spirit guides. So I'd sit there and I'd give them readings. And I said to the angels and my spirit guides, I said, everybody needs healing energy, but they all want to hear. So they said, let's combine the two. So when we're in session, they're actually clearing energy and they're like regenerating and rebalancing, you know, every cell of everybody's being. So there's these huge shifts that happen for some. I mean, many years ago, I had a lady who came to see me and I said, there's nothing really going on. I don't understand why you've come. And she said to me, she said, Tracy, I wanted to come and see the lady who saved my daughter's life. Because her daughter was very well, suicidal. And um, the angel, and I don't take credit for this, I'm just like a physical anchor. You know, the angels cleared her energy and she was fabulous ever since. So I've, there's, there's miracles on many levels. So today, we fast forward like 30 years and I'm still doing this, the same old, um, the same old way really, because it's tried and tested, but I've noticed the quicker shifts. It's almost like instant with some people. And it's so easy for me now. I'm just constantly walking around, seeing anything. <laughs> but I have grown so much myself. Every person I've spoken to has been my teacher too. So I'm in a place of, um, well, I suppose absolute peace with everything. And I finally come to a point where I'm happy with me. And that took a long time. Um, you know, we talk about love and value yourself, you know, to put good food in your body. Um, that's not easy, because a lot of people don't really love and value themselves. It's like a, a lifelong lesson, isn't it? It very much is. And you, you nailed it. The more you love yourself, the more you realize you know, you want to make choices that support your physical, emotional, and spiritual body because you realize that 
you might only have it this way once. Um, So I completely agree. I think that's why the more you learn about food and wellness, um, when you look back, you're kind of horrified by how you treated yourself in the past and you wish you would have known better, but all you can do is just apply what you know now. Absolutely. I can remember about 14, 15 years ago, I was sat one day and I'm very good with the energy of clearing energy, obviously working with a team of angels and my spirit guides. And then I heard very clearly, Tracy, you need to focus on the physical body. You've forgotten about the physical body. Ha, you're right. You know, because at that time it was all energy clears all. Well, it's gotta be everything. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I've neglected the physical body. So they said, how about going on a course of nutrition and herbology and holistic health? Ooh, can I actually do that? You know, because I didn't have much confidence in that area. So I thought, I'm going to do it. Oh my goodness me, the passion I developed for the plants and oh, everything. I'm like, um, I don't know, I'm like a child, you know, in joy when I realized that these, these beautiful gifts from Mother Nature gave us so much, you know, and I'd be like boring everybody <laughs> with, with what everything could do, especially like bee propolis and bee pollen, you know, I'm like, yeah, oh, bee pollen's got 21 different nutrients in it, and people are looking at me as though I'm mad, and I'm really chugging away, and I'm like, bee propolis, it can help with UTIs and things like that. <laughs> it's a natural antibiotic kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I did get very, very passionate, and that's when I started to really, you know, say, okay, when we prepare this, and we put the energy on the food and the herbs, and we put this into the body, we can energy inside out rather than outside in. So it's like, it's very potent, you know? So that's when I started developing a passion uh, for food and obviously the herbs and and then essential oils to go on. So it's like every layer, you know? But it took me a time to get there, you know, because obviously I'm I'm a lot older than you. So I was brought up in England, which everybody can hear. when I was a child, I'd be given a packet of crisps and a bottle of Coke. And that was normal, you know, and it was, it was crazy really, because you, it was, you, didn't, you didn't know any different, you know? And then when I got in my teens, I said, oh, I want to become a vegetarian. So my mom would give me like sausage balls with, oh, cheese balls with sausage in the middle of them and tell me they were vegetarian. <laughs> And I had no idea what I was doing because I was just a kid. So I went vegetarian for a short time and then everybody said that I wasn't getting the proper nutrients because back then it wasn't understood. Um, And then I just reverted back and then I went vegetarian again. And then I ended up being a vegetarian for a long time. And this is just for me. I feel everybody should take what they need. But personally, I couldn't look a cow in the eye and eat piece of meat. I just couldn't do it. So I said, I'm an hypocrite for eating meat. So I stopped. Um, so for 30 years, I haven't had steak, lamb, uh, turkey, pork. Uh, I used to take a little bit of a fish and a little chicken now and again. 
stopped it all because one day I went, oh my gosh, there's something really strong within me that's saying, I cannot eat this. And this is just me. I don't mind about anybody else, you know, and it's actually having that trust in what your body wants to do. But I said, if I did feel like taking some fish, I would do, you know, but I haven't felt it up to, up to yet, you know. So we're just kind of going with the flow of things. You know, no, thank you for sharing that because everyone needs to get comfortable with finding what works for their body and then not worrying about what's on anybody else's plate and, Absolutely. and just worry about getting the best quality ingredients that you can find and you can afford for yourself and trusting and listening to your gut and what you need. Absolutely. And then knowing that it's going to change throughout your life because you physically change and your needs are different from when you're a kid to when you're bearing children to later in life. It's always in flux. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's honoring yourself at that moment in time, you know, and not um, listening to the latest fad telling you it's this way or that way because we're all different, aren't we? You know? Yeah. Is it? Was it hard for you hearing what was right for your body when you're a channel to get that information for so many other people? Were you? Uh, not really. Uh, well, it, when I was younger, it was different. I didn't have much confidence. So I didn't have a self-belief. And, you know, I didn't know I was kind of like, I, I had a tendency to listen to other people rather than listen to me. You know, and it's like back in the day, it's like, oh, well, you can't be a vegetarian uh, because you're not going to get what you need. So it was like a fear-based thing as well that stopped me doing it earlier. You know, so I'm thinking, well, I've got to take some fish or a little chicken now and again so my body's healthy. But for me, that really wasn't right. <laughs> and, and I look on it, and especially dairy for me, I kind of swell up with dairy. You know, so, but because when I did go vegetarian, I kind of really, because I was eating more dairy than I obviously should have done. I probably would have been better off knocking the dairy out and just taking the fish. But my mindset at that time was you, you need your dairy because that's what everything was telling me and everyone was telling me. You know, so I didn't, I didn't listen to my own intuition, you know, because I was looking externally rather than feeling. My intuition which was on point you know when I look back I could go back and give myself a slap <laughs> you know for not having the confidence in me you know and I think we can all say that you know when we look back from time to time and when I say a slap I'm only joking <laughs> yes no I completely understand there's many times where I didn't trust my intuition or I listened to what everybody else was doing and tried to get on board to see if that would work for me and you know Deep down, I knew better, um, but I still tried it because, you know, it seemed to be working for others. So I think that's something a lot of people go through because no one necessarily teaches us about our current food system or how to eat. You know, it's really kind of trial and error as we grow up. And hopefully it's going to be easier for the next generation. Um, hopefully the lessons we've learned, we can pass down to others. Um, do you find you have grandkids? Do you find that they're really comfortable with communicating what they want to eat and what they don't want to eat? Oh, yeah, really, really. They're so good. I mean, I look at Mateo 
and eats green foods. He loves everything green. It's like, oh, I want the sprouts. I want the olives, you know, I want the spinach. I want the trees, obviously, it's broccoli. So, you know, they're, they're fed like an organic diet, you know, and more, I suppose, pescatarian diet. Um, my grandchildren, uh, well, two of them, the other one is a little baby and then the other ones are older, so they tend to eat whatever they want. <laughs> Yeah. But so, yeah, I have noticed that the little ones have built a lot more awareness of clean foods as well. But I suppose we're teaching them that. We're teaching them what we didn't know, you know, and it's like to get your nutrients and things are super, super nutrient dense foods are the best, you know, because you don't have to eat as much of them as well. You know, so it's they are learning, you know, and it, learning to know what they're like but it's interesting watching they do like good things you know but uh, then again we're offering them good things yeah you know, we weren't always offered good things were we because we had to take what our parents could afford you know so it's um it's uh it's a learning isn't it from one generation to another so if we continue doing what we're doing we are going to make a huge difference for the future generations, you know. Yeah. And the vibrational foods that you bring to the table, you know, you can actually taste the difference. You can feel it as well. And, you know, I know you cook with love. And it, it's interesting. I do like little experiments. So I'll put energy into certain dishes I'm cooking, you know, the energy of love and well-being. And I see, it, I, I see it as a response. I don't tell them, obviously. But I just see how they are after. And there is a difference when you put the energy of love into food. You know, it's interesting. Everybody should try it. Because you'll see it could be just the same as what you've done before, but they'll say it tastes better. Interesting. So you'll have to, yeah, you'll have to let me know how it works out with different things that you say. So... I, because a lot of what I cook, I don't get to be there when they eat it, but I'll get messages, text messages for my clients when they're eating the dish or they'll tell me next week, gosh, when you made that stew last week, that was the best version we've ever made, even though you've been making it for us for two years. And what I do is sometimes I just say love over and over and again, and then I'll visualize white light or golden light going into the food as I'm working with it. And then other positive affirmations will just naturally kind of jump up, jump into my head. And I'll just say those as well. Um, and then sometimes I play this game and I like to know your thoughts on it. Sometimes I just imagine their reaction eating the food. I imagine them being like, oh my gosh, Whitney, this is the, these are the best, um, these are the best paleo meatballs I've ever had. This is the most incredible asparagus soup I've ever had. I think this is the best soup I've ever had. I just like imagine these comments coming in so that when they do eat it, that's how they feel. And you're setting the intention. So you're creating the energy for that. You know, and people are very receptive even though they're not conscious of it. So they'll just phone you or text you and go, oh, Whitney, that was the best. And you can smile. So you can kind of playing around a little bit there as well, you know. Because, you know, thoughts create energy, of course. Yeah. You know, so that's why it's very important that when you're cooking or doing anything else, that you're thinking positively. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
Yeah, so you can also do another ex an experiment where you, you put in anger into a dish and see how that's received. <laughs> probably not very well, so you probably don't want to give it to your clients, but perhaps practice on a, a, a few friends for a giggle, you know? Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I think I've experimented on myself enough when I've just come home back in my corporate days in a bad mood um, and prepared dinner and it just not being satisfying. So I don't need to experiment with that one again. Um, but it is, it's nice to have the intention when you prepare food that the people that are going to eat it are, are going to love it and that it's going to be the best version of the dish that they've ever had. It's a lot better than not being confident when you prepare the food. Absolutely. Yeah. And a simple food can taste absolutely wonderful. You know, when, again, when you, you, you're cooking from love, because that's one of the main ingredients really, isn't it? Well, I had a great aunt. So my grandmother's sister, who was an incredible cook, everything she made was the best you've ever had. And she had a, a saying that there's no reason ever to have a bad meal, that like every meal is to be delicious. Every meal should be cherished. You know, the opportunity to get to eat is such an, it's such a great tradition and a great treat that we get to have as humans is three times a day. We get to experience, you know, joy and satisfaction. So each meal should just be out of, you know, out of this world, even if it's just a blueberry muffin, it should be an incredible blueberry muffin. So I just try to keep that in mind with everything that I make for my clients. And I try to do my best to think that way for myself, no matter how simple it is, that, you know, it is the best quality that I can bring to the table in that moment. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you do. No, because you're 11 magic spices and herbs is out of this world. I kind of spring that on lots of things. <laughs> Thank you. Well, how often do clients come to you and ask you about their diet or the foods they should be eating? Or does it naturally just kind of come into the session? It naturally comes into the session. You know, if they, and a lot of it, it's like we're getting patterns, don't we? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we've done it. Well, I've done this all my life, so I'm not, why change now? You know, and you're never too old to change. But when you're doing yourself a disservice, and you know you are because you, your body's telling you. You know, when you're like, your skin's erupting and things like that, you know, it's like, okay, what's going on here? Obviously something needs help. What are you eating? You know, I know all clients who go drink Diet Coke and, you know, the angels will say, still drinking your Diet Coke and they'll giggle and laugh, you know, and, and it's almost like, come on, you know, love and value yourself enough. You know, and, and that's the hardest thing because we, we don't, because we don't see inside. We don't really, we can ignore it. We can ignore our bodies. We can ignore them telling us, I don't like that. But we turn ourselves inside out and watch what would happen when we're eating something. We go, oh, I better not do that anymore. So we have to kind of get a, a vision of what's really going on in. And it's almost like, you know, your little army of elkers inside. I always say, you've got this little white army and you put this stuff in your body and they're like, there's awful stuff for sake, here we go again. We have to go and sort out. <laughs> so you've constantly putting your body into war. You know, your little, your little army of elkers are tied out. <laughs> they want to rest. So you don't want your army of elkers going, oh, 
what she done or what he's done now, you know. So, so that's a good way to, to think about it, you know. So that's what I do. And it's almost like if you're eating something that your body doesn't like, your body's releasing dopamine, so it feels good. So it's like, oh, but it makes me feel so good, this lump of cheese. Yeah, because we're under attack and your little white, your little white friends, your army's inside going, come on, guys, let's get this war going. Let's sort this out again. <laughs> and you're like, oh, give me some more. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? It is. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. Do you have any suggestions for people that maybe they can't book a session with you or they don't know anyone near them that they can do a session with, but they want to be able to better tap into what's right for them or what's not right for them? Do you have any guidance on how people can use their intuition to figure out the foods that are right for them or wrong for them? It's to get out of your head. You see, we can all eat the chips and justify while we're eating the chips, but we all know they're not really that good for us. But it's like, well, I've had a bad day. Well, I've had a bad week. Well, I really like them, you know. <laughs> so, we, so it's to get out of here. So instead of justifying our actions of taking something that is not obvious, that's obviously not good for you. It's like to feel, does this feel good for me? You know, does that Sprite feel good for me? You know, not think it, feel it. And that instant first feeling is the it. That's the one. Not, oh, was this, was that? Yes, or was that? No. Usually just feeling. Sometimes it's very subtle. But the more you use your intuition, the stronger it actually gets. So it's actually practice. It's exercising the muscle memory of intuition, isn't it? You know, but the mental mind overrides the intuitive body all the time. You know, so you so imagine a line from your mental mind to your intuitive body and see it faded in the middle. So how do we strengthen intuition all around? So we just say, okay, we've got an intuitive it. It might be tiny, but it's still an intuitive it. The mental mind can't make sense of it. So the mental mind always analyzes. So what you're going to do to strengthen it is set to the mental mind. Let's not analyze this. The intuitive body's given us an it. We're just going to wait and see. Because we might get another little it in a moment or tomorrow. And then it begins to start making sense. Does that make sense? <laughs> so so the, yeah. the mental mind's taking a back seat now. And the intuitive body's always right. 
because obviously it knows what we need. It's there to protect us. It's our safety mechanism from everything. So we can use it for food as well. So it's just not to overanalyze, not to overthink. So instantly, oh, well, that sprout. <sighs> I feel like I shouldn't be having that. But my mental mind's saying sprouts are good for me. <laughs> but if your intuition yeah. saying they're not good for you, it could be just in that moment. You know? Or just that type. Absolutely at that time, yeah. So, so, so the intuitive body begins to over, override the mental mind when the mental mind takes a back seat, obviously. And then the intuitive body gets stronger and stronger. And eventually the intuitive body leads. So the, the mental mind's trusting the intuitive body now because trust is a big thing because you're actually trusting what you don't understand. That makes sense. It absolutely yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that is, um, and, and remember, practice makes perfect. You know, so it's not, don't, nobody should chastise themselves, you know, forgetting what they feel like they've got, if they've got something wrong, because there's really no right or wrong. It's practicing. You know, it's, it's building that uh, strength up. So eventually the two lines are, are solid, you know, and then it gets a lot easier, you know. But every now and again, everybody slips up because I'll kind of go against my own intuition because my mind wants to do something. <laughs> you know, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, I want that. I mean, Trisha, you shouldn't be on it. No, but I'm ignoring you because I still want it. <laughs> So Tracy, you'll appreciate the story. I think I've said it on a podcast before, but there's this one time I really wanted some chocolate and I knew my body doesn't like chocolate. I get an upset stomach. Um, I know it's not for me and I just really wanted some chocolate and I decided I'm, I'm overriding the system. It's telling me, no, I don't care. So I go to the grocery store. I'm walking down the aisle to get some chocolate. I pick up the chocolate and it's like an invisible hand took it and swiped it out of my hand and it flew across the floor at the grocery store. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, someone's following me to make sure I don't get this chocolate. That's hilarious. I know. I thought it was hilarious. I picked up the chocolate and bought it anyway. Um, but we and I still ate it and I got the same <laughs> reaction I get every time, which is an upset stomach, but it was a great, it's, it's always a great lesson. Even if, you know, I don't listen, um, my body does know what it wants and it knows what it doesn't want. And, um, and, and we've come back to the power of the mind as well. When we say that I, uh, years ago, I used to love eating chocolate. You just kind of triggered a memory for me. And I thought, I need to lose some weight. You know, this has been a constant battle on my life. So how do I stop eating chocolate? So what I did, I kind of did like a little self-hypnotist thing. It, oh, it's brilliant. It worked for five, I didn't eat chocolate for five years with me. <laughs> so, so what I did, right, I took a, and this is a great tip because I've done it with bread as well. I, I did, I've only just started eating bread again after two year absence. So what I did with the, the chocolate, I imagine, so you sit there and you kind of put yourself in a calm state. And then you imagine your favorite chocolate bar coming towards you and through you, you can smell it, you can, you know, you're 
oh, the saliva's coming because it tastes so good. And you imagine it going through. Yeah. Then you think of the most horriblest thing, the thing that you that really disgusts you. You know, I think it was maggots I put through it. Okay. Imagine maggots, right? Yeah. So then I had the same chocolate bar, brought it in front of me. And then I said, oh, there's going to be maggots inside this. So I was bringing it closer and closer to me. And then I could see the maggots. So it was making me nauseous. Yeah. Right? Stopped me eating chocolate for five years. Wow. You know? So if there's something that really isn't that healthy for you that you can't stop eating, that's the great exercise because the, the mind is a very, very powerful thing. You know, so I would feel nauseous every time I saw chocolate. You know, it was um, it was great. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. I mean, for five years. <laughs> but that's amazing that we can we can use our mind to help us make the shift instead of feeling like we're just you know suffering and we have no control. We fully have control. Oh, absolutely. We're very powerful beings. It's just that we tend to give our power up to everybody else because we think they know better, you know, and it's not that they know better. They might have just gathered more knowledge, you know, and yeah. like I say learning and exchanging energy, isn't it? You know, we're, we're exchanging energy, we're exchanging knowledge, we're gathering, you know, but nobody is better than anybody else. We're just all on a different journey. You know, and that's what it's about, is being receptive enough to listen to somebody else without feeling as though um, you're not quite adequate. <laughs> so it makes sense, because we all are. It's just knowing what to do, isn't it? And knowing we can do it and believing we can do it. Yeah. You know, that's absolutely. a big one, belief, you know, and trusting in yourself. It takes a long time sometimes to get to that, you know, well, I have one more question for you about chocolate. So I've heard two different theories about chocolate and spirituality and your ability to hear from your guides and your angels or, or um, get clear communication from your intuition or higher self. I've had one teacher tell me, you know, you never want to eat chocolate before you do any readings for yourself or for others because it's incredibly grounding. Um, it brings you back down to earth and to get clear, accurate readings, you really want to be, you know, leaving your body for clear messages, according to one teacher. And then another person I've spoken with um, who has her own kind of chocolate factory, she sources the most pure organic chocolate from Ecuador. Um, she does incredible raw, healthy chocolates, and she believes people should meditate after they have a small amount of chocolate because you get more clear messages that come through with the support of the earth because chocolate is a medicine and a heart a heart chakra and a heart opener so i've heard two completely different messages and i'm really curious on your thoughts if you've heard anything about chocolate and well they're both right for themselves <laughs> Because when, when you're talking about both of them, I'm looking at their energy, I think, yeah, it works for you, that's good for you. Yeah, that's good for you. So it's like finding out what is right for you. So they're yeah. both right for themselves. You know, so, and they've both got wonderful 
perspectives on it. You know, I I never thought about it that way um, with anything really, with food and work. I just kind of, I always say I have one foot in this realm and one foot in the other. So I just switch, you know, so, so somebody said, do you meditate before you start to work? I went, no, I never have, you know, I kind of like, um, you know, not meditate, meditate. I kind of like do a lot of waking meditation, meditation. So when I'm cleaning, I'm literally meditating. You know? yeah. But obviously it's a waking meditation. So it's actually being in the present moment, isn't it? You know, and I think really, you know, when you're in the present moment with it, whatever you're doing and you're, you're coming from a place of love and acceptance, you know, you're there. You know, and I always say laughter. If you can't meditate or you can't do waking meditations, bring laughter because it's a shortcut to enlightenment because you're actually there when you're laughing. You're nowhere else. So it, it, there's, there's no right or wrong way. You know, and I was talking to somebody as well that they thought they were lesser because they didn't consider themselves spiritual. I said, it's no less or more. It's all about the heart center. You come with love whatever, and kindness, whatever you do. You're always learning and growing spiritually, even though you're not conscious of it. And it's that simple. But as human beings, we tend to complicate everything. You know, it's like, let's just keep it simple. So that's what my guides and the angels have taught me. They said, Tracy, just keep it simple. And I went, yeah, let's just keep it simple. Because when I was learning about the chakra system many, many years ago, I went, oh my gosh, what if I don't remember which chakra relates to which part of the auric field? And, and I heard, it's okay, Tracy, because it, it, it doesn't really matter for you because the intention, the energy goes where your intention sends it. I went, oh, okay. So I don't have to worry. Well, you don't have to worry at all. It's the worry that actually blocks the energy <laughs> to just be and you'll just know what to do and that's with everything really isn't it you know it's just we'll just be and we'll just know you know but we get like in our egos thinking that we know better you know so instead of saying this is the way I do it and it's an offering it's almost like the ego saying well this is the way I do it and this is the right way but it's not, is it? That's ego. <laughs> so it's just a big, you know, and allow everybody else to be who they are, no matter which spot they're at. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And I feel like it's always the greatest lesson, whether I'm talking to you or reading your book, is you always make it simple to digest and remind people that they're fully capable of making the best decision for themselves. Absolutely, because I've seen too many people give the power up and it's almost like, oh yeah, thank you, Angel. So it, it comes from a place of, um, let's say as human beings, sometimes we can get lazy. We'd rather give responsibility up to somebody else than do the work ourselves. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. you know? So we all have a moral compass within our heart. We all know when we're doing right or wrong. It's just whether we listen, because we tend to ignore it to justify our actions in the moment. You know, whether we're frustrated or angry with somebody or whatever. 
you know, but we're ignoring our moral compass then. So we come back to our moral compass and go, oh yeah, yeah, I was wrong there. I know I was wrong. You don't have to miss anybody else, <laughs> except yourself, really. Um, and then life just gets a lot easier when you know that you're your own captain of your ship. You know, and then if you want to go and listen to somebody else speak, you might get 80% might resonate with your truth. So you take the 80%, add it to your own truth and leave the rest behind. Or 5% might resonate. You take the 5% and leave the rest behind. So you, you're gathering truth for you. Does that make sense? No? Like I say, yeah, you and I could go to a conference and... You know, we could get a lot out of it or a little bit, you know, but you know, you could get more than me or I could get more than you. There's no wrong or right here. It's just what we need at that moment in time. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that's why sometimes people watch a TV show more than once or read a book more than once um, mm -hmm. because they get something out of it in a different way every time because their knowledge has changed or increased. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's like, I can remember years ago, you know, when I was, I didn't have as much confidence in myself. And I, you know, the next, the spiritual book had come out, that was the in thing, and I buy it, and I'd be thinking, oh, I'm not quite sure I understand this, but I need to read it because it's the in book. And I put it on, I put it on my nightstand, and it'd get knocked off. Like, okay, I'm not supposed to need it. <laughs> I used to put it away because it obviously wasn't for me yeah you know? and and I, I keep books you know so sometimes I think well I'll go and dive back into that and I, I can't I can't read it it just is something that you knows just it's not going to do anything if I read that book so I'm just wasting my energy reading it you know and it's no disrespect to anyone or anything it's just not right for me you know but it could be wonderful for many you know, so it's just honoring that. And then we come back down, it's to everything, it's on everything, you know, uh, but it's not easy to do. And I think food is the artist of all, you know, because we, like you said, we like, like bad stuff, don't we, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you've got like all the colors of the rainbows on your plate and we're over here and then, there's like a pile of meat and potatoes on another plate. I mean, people will go for a pile of meat and potatoes on another plate. I know a lot. <laughs> you know, and I've been, you've been picking at the rainbow plate, you know, with the bit of meat on it, you know? Um, so it's, it, again, it's how you see things, isn't it? Because we've, it, well, let's look at the, um, when I was younger, you know, meat was very expensive and obviously it still is today. So what do we tell our children to do? Eat meat. You need to eat your meat. Eat your meat. Because it's the most expensive thing on the plate. Don't waste that. You know? um, so it's almost like we have to have our meat. And I can remember when I first stopped eating it, um, especially when I stopped eating fish, I used to like halibut. And I was at a restaurant one night and I saw a picture of halibut. Ah. I could eat some of that. And then I thought, no, I couldn't actually. The feeling is that, no, I couldn't. What I was doing, I was relating 
that picture of Albert to an happy memory when I'd, I'd been out for a special occasion with my husband and ex, Albert, because I only used to eat it when we were celebrating things. Yeah, so it's very interesting how we, we have these belief systems, isn't it? And how we can liken the, the ceremony uh, of eating. We can go back to that moment, that feel-good moment, and associate that piece of fish with that moment. I know. I, I think that happens a lot when people try foods that they haven't eaten in a long time, because they think they're going to, I think part of them thinks they're going to have that feeling or experience again, and then they take a bite and it's not there anymore. Yep. So it's all about that uh, happy, happy memory, happy moment, you know? So, so once I realized that, I'm thinking, huh, so have I ever really craved anything? Or am I craving that feel good? And once you ask yourself that, you'll find that you don't really crave anything unless your body actually really needs it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like when I was pregnant with uh, Lewis, <laughs> I didn't eat anything and I wasn't getting the nutrients I needed. I was a lazy, a lazy vegetarian, let's put it that way. And I went and got a roast chicken for my husband's dinner. And uh, when he got home, I let half of this roast chicken. <laughs> I went, I needed this chicken. <laughs> so I thanked the chicken for giving me that gift. You know, so it was, because uh, your body is saying, hey, come on, we need this. And I really did. I was yeah. about eight pregnant. So I did listen. You know, I, I, I couldn't help it, to be honest. <laughs> I was like a ravenous <laughs> pregnant lady so it, it, it's interesting so I've done a lot of observation with myself um, so obviously then I can help others and it, it's it's fascinating how you can keep putting something in your body knowing your body doesn't like it but because you don't love and value yourself enough you can't stop it's a weird weird um, weird thing you know, and it takes a lot of strength. Uh, it takes a lot of, obviously, willpower to break cycles, you know. Uh, and so we're not just dealing with uh, cycles in the moment. We're dealing with cycles of life, aren't we? Of the lot of our life from when we were a child. Of, you've got to eat this. You've got to eat that, you know. Um, very interesting subject. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.